please quickly to the book of Luke, chapter number 13. Luke, I'm tickled to death to be here. I hope you are. Listen, you didn't wake up this morning under an iron curtain in China. You didn't wake up this morning with a destroyed house in Ukraine wondering what you were going to do. You didn't wake up in the Philippines this morning in a bread line wondering if you were going to have enough food for you and your family that day. You've got enough. You've got plenty. And we ought to praise God today for his blessings on us. Amen. Luke chapter 13. Thanks so much for being kind to my mom last week for Mother's Day. It was good to have her in the service. I did not... Y'all made her day by telling her she didn't look 90 years old. So thank you for doing that. But you know what? One of the things she said, she said, my heart was thrilled as I sat there. And she said, I saw, kept seeing young people, young people, young people just filing through that door. She said, I thought I was at Dollywood. (laughs) I said, praise God. That's good, isn't it? And then they all sat up here. They let me spit on them. Isn't that wonderful? I appreciate that. There is a sign-up sheet in the back for Vacation Bible School. Speaking of young people, we got scads of young people. We usually run around 300 or so for Bible school. We need help for Bible school. Sign up. Be a blessing. What a blessing to be a blessing to those children. And, And it's just, if you've never seen Bible school here, you need to experience that. Luke chapter 13, we've been studying the Bible. We've seen that God speaks, hearing the voice of God. We saw one Sunday, preached all Sunday, the Lord speaks through his spirit, does he not? God speaks through his scripture, but God speaks through the situation. Now, I'm going to caution us several times during this message that of, of reading too much into the situation. So get ready. I'm going to caution us. Though God does speak in the situation, there is a grave warning that we not read too much into the situation. We should all have a desire. Every believer should have a desire to do the will of God. Amen. If you're saved, somewhere down in your very heart of hearts, you have a desire to do the will of God. And we ought to follow his directives for life. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to make a mistake in my Christian life. I've found that making mistakes in life is detrimental, but I've found that making mistakes in my Christian life is absolutely a lot worse. So I want to be attuned to the voice of God. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could hear God's voice in the burning bush like Moses did? Moses heard an audible voice. He saw a burning bush. I mean, wouldn't that be nice if we could just hear this audible voice says, do this, don't do that, an audible command that we could not erase from our memory. But listen, you know how God speaks? God speaks in the spirit in the scriptures, in the situation with a still, small voice. And it is up to us, listen to me carefully, for us to hear the voice of God, it is up to us to live in the place of blessing where we can discern the voice of God. If you're not discerning the voice of God for your life, it is not God's fault. He is speaking everywhere you turn. He's speaking in the scriptures. How precious the word of God ought to be to all of us. That ought to be our most prized possession, that book right there. It ought to be our most prized. It ought to be full of marks. It ought to be full of highlights. It ought to be full of notes. It ought to be worn out. We ought to appreciate that because it is God's voice. God's Spirit also speaks to us. God, God, the Spirit of God 
takes the Word of God, and it takes the work of God and the walk of God and impresses in, into our hearts the will of God. And so God speaks to us also through the situation. He places us in situations that shapes our life. God will often put us in a situation to wake us up. He will. When, when we're laying on our back in a hospital room and there's nowhere to look but up, nowhere to trust but God, you better believe he's shaping our situation to trust him. Sometimes God has to shake our lives to realize that we've gotten our lives out of priority. You and I, it's so easy to begin to live for the temporal, to do this and do that. And God shakes us sometimes so that we see the temporal is temporal and we're to see and live for eternity. Somebody say amen. amen. Yes, sir. But there's a word of caution here. Do not ever Interpret the situations of life without using the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Don't ever interpret what you're currently experiencing as the whole voice of God. If you just live every day reading your situation, you're living in error. If you let me say this, and I'll say it twice. If you're reading your situation more than you're reading your Bible, you're living in error. If you're reading your current events and your situation and your circumstances more than you're reading your Bible, you're living in error. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus is saying something here about the Tower of Siloam. Let's read it together beginning in verse number 1. There were present at that season, the Bible says, some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you nay, except, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all? Men that live in Jerusalem, dwelt in Jerusalem, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Let's pray just a minute. Father, take your precious word now and speak to our hearts through the sermon. We'll see that next week in Jesus' name. Amen. And so what Jesus is saying here is here. He's saying to the people, you saw this tower at Siloam fall and it killed 18 people. And you're interpreting that situation as to say, okay, if that happened, those people must be big sinners. Is that not what he said? So he did not rebuke them for thinking that way. He just rebuked them for coming to an erroneous conclusion. That was not right. That tower fell for a purpose, but it did not fall because those guys were so wicked. He said, you've misinterpreted that situation. So for you and I, here's the caution. Don't always interpret bad things in your life as, as there is sin in your life. Don't always do that. Jesus, but Jesus, what did he do? He said, you're reading the situation, but you need to read the scriptures. Because the scriptures say, if you don't repent, you're going to perish too. 
So never read the situation without reading the scriptures. Jesus did not rebuke them for reading the situation. But listen to me carefully. I'm going to say something here. If you and I live our lives reading our daily situation and our daily circumstances and interpreting that as the voice of God, we're no better than someone who uses sorcery or witchcraft or tarot cards or palm readers or new age gurus. We're no different. They do the same thing. They read the situation, they look at the palm, they read the stars, they do all these things. Hey, let me tell you something. God is in control of the situation for sure, but again, I'm going to refer us right back as Jesus did. Don't read the situation, read your Bible. Listen to the Spirit of the living God. God does speak through the situation, but it's wrong to interpret it without Scripture. Let me show you how God works in the situation. In Jochebed's day, uh, there was a command from Pharaoh to kill all the children. Jochebed was in a horrible situation. And she takes Moses and, and makes a little ark of bulrushes and sets Moses adrift on the Nile River. God was in that situation. It was a horrible situation, but God was in it. And then guess what? At just the right time, coincidence, that Pharaoh's daughter comes down to the river and sees Moses adrift in the Nile River and has compassion on him and takes him into her bosom, raises him as her own. You think that was just circumstance? You think that was just situation? Listen, that was a divine intervention of God. God had Moses at just the right place. God had Pharaoh's daughter at just the right place. She had awoke in a good mood, evidently, to take to adopt somebody. I mean, if she'd woke up grouchy that morning, uh, she might have drowned Moses. Eh? Some of you ladies say amen. I mean, if she if she had been the wrong time, it would have just it would wouldn't have worked. But God had prepared that situation. So listen. You better believe that God does work through the circumstance. He does prepare the hearts of people to bring things about for his glory. Listen to Psalm 139. The Bible says, Thou compassest, David writing in the psalm, my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Let me tell you how God used that little baby in that basket named Moses. For 40 years, God educated Moses in Egypt, gave him the greatest of educations, gave him the greatest uh, that Egypt had to offer. Not only did God give him education for 40 years, he gave him experience for the next 40 years. You see, Moses killed a man. Yes, he did. He killed a man and he had to run and leave Egypt. And he had to live the next 40 years in exile out in the wilderness with his father-in-law, Jethro. And he had to live out there. So God used 
The first 40 years of Moses for education, the second 40 years of Moses for experience, and then finally God takes Moses as a leader for the last one-third of his life, the last 40 years, and makes Moses a leader who knew the situation on one hand, who knew God's voice from the burning bush on the other hand, and God used all that for his glory. It's called experience. You see, God's voice is in our experiences. And the longer we live the Christian life, the longer we walk with God, the more adept we become at hearing the voice of God. Now let me put that caution in there again. It's not always good to interpret the situation alone. Somebody say amen. J. Vernon McGee said this. He said, all my life I have interpreted when I got sick, when I got injured, when I, got, uh, when I suffered. He said, I interpreted that as God was trying to show me something. And he said, I always tried to find an interpretation in that situation. But he said, I found as I got older, those pains increased. And I found as I got older, I was sick more, and I suffered more, and I had disease more, and I got injured more easy. And he said, I finally figured out that it wasn't God, it was me getting older. Amen? I mean, I'm 60, and I've got some pains that are shooting, and others are reloading. Amen. <laughs> so he's, J. Vernon McGee, in his experience, said, hey... You know, God always uses pain or suffering or the situation for his glory, but he may not have created that pain. Amen. It may be the result of simply physical things that we are doing. God was not. So here was J. Vernon McGee's point. If he interpreted his sickness as God's chastisement upon him, that would have been an incorrect interpretation. So to interpret the situation and say this is, what, this is what God is doing without the scriptures, without the spirit, without the sermon, without supplication, that will be all the five points that we'll preach, then we are erroneous in just reading the situation. I think of Elijah in the cleft of the rock. There was the earthquake came by. Oh, that charismatic earthquake. Boom, 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 boom. But God's voice wasn't in it. And then there was the whirlwind, that, that uh, captivating whirlwind. You ever watch those whirlwinds? I watch them on YouTube when those tornadoes hit, how captivating that whirlwind is. But God's voice was not in the whirlwind. God's voice was in the still, small voice. So you and I often look for the earthquake we look for the charismatic. We look for the, that captivating thing to change the course of our life when God is just speaking in that still, small voice to our heart. It's always dangerous to interpret just the situation. There's also the supplications or the prayers. Andrew came to me just last week and he said, Dad, you know, he said, I found out something about praying and I appreciate he found out he experienced it himself he said as I've prayed for Papa he said I've found that my praying for Papa has brought me closer to the Lord Amen. 
I said, praise God. I could preach that in 10 million sermons and he wouldn't have got it. But if he experienced it, he got it. The disciples heard the voice of Jesus one night on a stormy sea. Don't you miss this? (laughs) They had heard the voice of Jesus as he taught. They'd heard the voice of Jesus as he preached. They heard the voice of Jesus as he spoke softly to children. And they'd even heard his laughter, seen his smile. But one night they were rowing on a stormy sea. The waves were crashing, the lightning flashing, the, every, the wind was, the Bible says, boisterous. <laughs> they heard the voice of Jesus as he comes to the bow of the boat. And with authority in his voice, he raises his hands and says, Peace be still. And the winds died and the storm died. That was the voice of God that they needed to hear. But now, wait a minute. Let's test that circumstance. What if the disciples were rowing on the sea, Jesus is asleep in the hinder part of the ship, the Bible says, and they begin to read the circumstances. Without the scripture, without the spirit, they just read the circumstances. I can just say, I can just hear Peter as he rows as hard as he can row, that experienced sailor, and say, boys, this wasn't God's will for us to be out here. Look at the wind. Look at the waves. This just wasn't God's will for us to be here. Yes, it was. You're misreading the circumstance. I can just hear Nathan back there. As he says, you know what, Peter? I think you're right. It's not God's will for us to be on this stormy sea. We made a mistake in life. We need to turn around and go home. Second wrong assumption. Third wrong assumption is this. I can just see, uh, what, Thomas, the old doubter, saying, okay, maybe, maybe we, we should have been here, and, and maybe we shouldn't turn Maybe we just need to alter our course and go around this storm. That, was a, that could have been a reading of the circumstance or the situation. And I can hear another disciple, Bartholomew, as he steps up and says, well, all this has just happened because God is mad at us. There is four, four wrong assumptions by reading the situation. Are you with me? The truth was, they needed to hold the ship as steady as they could in that storm and call for Jesus. That was the will of God. It was the will of God for them to be in the storm. It was the will of God for them to face their fears. It was the will of God for the waves to break over, the lightning to flash. It was the will of God for them to just hold the boat steady and say, sin for Jesus. You know how many times I've had to do that in my life? And I get to that point in my life where I I think I'm following God. I think I've heard the voice of God. I think that's the will of God for me. And things start going wrong. And you know what I do? I just hunker down, try to hold a steady helm on the, on the ship and a steady hold on the ship and call for Jesus. I've never called on him that he didn't come through for me. Amen. Whether I should have been there or whether I should have not been there, he will come and aid us in our circumstance. You'll find God in the situation. So reading the circumstance and the situation should not be the primary voice of hearing the voice of God. I think of Acts chapter 1. 
the Holy Spirit, this, the whole situation in Acts chapter 1 was God giving the Holy Spirit to the disciples. And as the Holy Spirit comes on the disciples, Jesus says this, Go out ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The Holy Spirit had come on them in that situation that it might empower them and encourage them to get out and witness about salvation and about the Lord Jesus Christ. God was not chastising them. He was not sending them a storm. He was sending them the fire of the Holy Spirit to encourage them in that situation. So throughout the Bible, we find God using the situations of our life to bring about his will. I think of 1 Samuel chapter number 1, when Hannah couldn't have a baby, and she was going through all kinds of hardships, and, and she had a, her, her sister wife was chiding with her because she couldn't get pregnant, and she was trying her best to have this child, and that forced Hannah to pray and to pray and to pray and to pray. Until God finally gave her her request. Praise God. God brought that situation about in her life. Then I think about Ruth. Oh my goodness, we preached that last week. Ruth and Naomi had to hear the voice of God through personal loss. They lost their husbands. They lost their paycheck. They lost the stability. They lost so much when Malon and Chilion and Elimelech died. But yet God was speaking through them in that personal loss and moving them back to the promised land. Can I get a witness there? Amen. God was speaking through the situation in Acts chapter number 23. You see, these soldiers were, had been sent to arrest the Apostle Paul. And when they got there and arrested him, they placed him in custody. And you know what that's, those same soldiers did? Those same soldiers protected Paul when others tried to kill him. The same people that were sent to arrest him wound up being his protectors. You better believe God was in that circumstance. Amen. The Lord is always, sometimes, let me say this, let me open your mind to this. Sometimes God is in your circumstance, and sometimes God creates your circumstance. When God is in your circumstance, it may be you're in a mess, and it wasn't created by God. You're in it, you've made some mistakes in life, you've stumbled in life. And you're in a mess. Let me tell you something. God's not going to abandon you. God can turn your stumbling blocks into stepping stones. He can. He's, he can be in your situation. Everybody with me? Sometimes he creates your situation. He's sovereign. He can do that if he wants to. And sometimes he creates our situation in order to bring about Something beautiful. But the Romans 8, 28 still in the Bible. All things work together for good to them that love God, to the, who are called according to his purpose. God's glory and our good is the design of God's purpose for our life. God orchestrates and God arranges things in our life sometimes. This flower arrangement. There was a flower arrangement there. There's not now. You arrange, you arrange those flowers. And you put them in there, you don't just throw them in a basket. Ladies, you, you place them in there so the taller ones are here and the shorter ones are there and the colors are here. And the, that's an arrangement. And God sometimes arranges our life 
so that it becomes beautiful and for his glory. When God creates these situations, does he create them to force his will on us? No, sir. You and I are free moral agents. And so whatever situation comes about in our life, we have a choice. God may be arranging our basket with weeds and uh, toxic things. God may be arranging our basket with things that are not so beautiful right now that he might wake us up to the beauty of when he starts putting in the roses and the carnations, the tulips. Amen. God arranges things, but he does not do them to force us to do his will. Peter says this, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold, which perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. If your arrangement is filled with river weeds and briars and thistles today, give God glory. It won't always be like that. As a matter of fact, some of the most beautiful blossoms I've ever seen are on the end of a sticky rose. Some of the most beautiful blooms I've ever seen are on the end of, of blackberry briars. Amen. They're beautiful. So God creates these things for his glory. You say, preacher, I've failed. I, I, I've just, I, listen, God can take the terrible and turn it into the tremendous. If we'll just get it, if we'll just surrender it to him and admit it and mature, God can take all these things and move it, turn it around for his glory. I got to close the message. In Acts 16, Paul had been going on a missionary journey. I'm talking about hearing the voice of God in the situation. Paul had been sent on a missionary journey. He had been blessed to find as we, this, this missionary journey is going to be filled with victory after victory after victory after victory. It's kind of going to be the victory tour for Paul, the Apostle Paul. As he begins this missionary journey, he finds a young man named Timothy. What a blessing Timothy was. Timothy had a heart for God. Timothy had a heart for the people. Timothy had a heart for the ministry and the church and the things of God. And boy, he just joined right up with the Apostle Paul. And they began to minister together. And the situation looked promising as they traveled through Phrygia and Lystra. And they also went through Iconium and Galatia. There was victory after victory. Confidence was building. Churches were established. People were getting saved. What a great missionary journey this was. Wow. If you were to read the situation, you could say, wow, we're on a victory tour that will never end. Wrong. Don't read too much into the situation. They come to verse six and they say, okay, boy, we've gone through Phrygia and Galatia and all these other places and look what God has done. Now we're going to go over into Asia. And this Bible says, the Spirit suffered them not. The Spirit of God said, mm, don't want you going there. 
But now, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus just say in Acts chapter 1, Go ye into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature? Don't we have scripture to back that up, that we should go into Asia? Sure we do. Don't the circumstances point us that we should go into Asia? Sure we do. We have scriptures. We have circumstance. But the Spirit said, Sorry, don't go. You see what I'm saying? If you try to discern the voice of God with just one portion, with just scripture or just spirit or just situation, you have to look at the whole scope of what's going on in your life. So surely God would have done something in that missionary journey. After all, Jesus had commanded. But then the Bible says they assayed. So, okay, the Holy Spirit said, no, don't go to Asia. Then the Bible says that they essayed to go over to Bithynia. But the Spirit, they were forbidden, the Bible says, of the Holy Spirit. Here was twice that the circumstance looked like they should go. The scriptures looked like they should go. But the Spirit said, don't go. Getting deep, isn't it? Y'all are in deep thought or you're asleep on. I'm not sure. (laughs) And then Paul's sitting there thinking about all this. And he has a vision. And there's a man in Macedonia motioning in this vision. Come and help us. We need help. Come and help us. And boy, Paul said... We assuredly knew, got up the next morning, they prayed about it. Now they had the scriptures leading them that way. They had the situation leading them that way. And they had the spirit leading them that way. Boy, they go over into Philippi, over into Macedonia, to the city of Philippi, and God just continues that victory tour. Why? I don't know why. They were meant to be in Macedonia more than they were in Asia. God would eventually send the gospel to Asia. God would eventually send the gospel to Bithynia. But it was God's will for them to be in Macedonia. And here's what I want us to caution, caution us this morning. Don't just read part of your situation or your circumstance, but read God's, hear God's whole voice, I guess I should say. Now I've got to close. The Bible says, you and I were created for the glory of God. We ought to live our lives desiring to hear his voice, to follow his direction, to be right in the center of his will. For the Bible says, the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And he that died for all, they that which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but live for him who died and rose again. I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. Therefore, I should glorify God in my spirit. God help me to live for him. The intent of our life is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. The content of my life should be to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. As I close the message this morning, I've said many deep things. I want you to get a copy of this message. If you get a copy of any of my messages, probably this would be a great one to get. There's been a lot of experience and a lot of scripture, a lot of time putting this message And I've said a lot of things that need to be considered and reconsidered because, you see, here's where I want to end. Don't miss this. 
Sometimes God allows our environment to shape us, and sometimes God allows us to shape our environment. And you and I ought to be ready. Sometimes you can't do one thing about the circumstances and the situation that you're in. You can't do one thing about it. It was orchestrated for you. The flowers are all in the arrangement and placed there by God. But sometimes God leaves it up to you and says, here's a situation, and you can change it. And that's where I want you to go. What happened right here at this church 12 years ago when I came here? What kind of shape was this church in? What was God doing in my life with my ministry? I, they, they asked me to pastor here three times, and I said no. <laughs> but God was orchestrating. Amen. God was using all these things. He was preparing your heart for me, my heart for you. He was letting me experience all these things to bring me right into his will. Did I resist it? Absolutely. But God was using it. He was using me to shape my environment. Now, there's been a lot of times in my ministry that my environment has shaped me. I just went with it. I, couldn't, I didn't have a choice. I had a funeral here and a wedding there, and, and I had to visit somebody here, and I had to study there, and I was trying to cram this in. And Hey, listen, there's been times that my situation has been dictated to me many times. But when God allowed me, he had given me the experience to change my environment for God's glory and for my good. Amen? Amen. That's what he's doing with your life. That's what he's doing with my life. So I'll end with the same word of caution. Don't just read your situation. You could be wrong. Read your Bible. Listen to the Spirit. Then read the situation. Next time I preach, we'll look at how God speaks through the sermon. And the next time after that, the last part of the series will be how God speaks in our supplication when we pray. And I hope when this, when this series is done that you will have a scope, a whole scope, so the next time you face a life-changing decision, all these things will just jump right back in here. What's the Bible saying? What's the Spirit saying? What's the circumstance saying? What's my prayer life leading me to? And then maybe you can make the right decision in your walk with God.